You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia EV6 and Sportage, Cars of the Year, and Luno SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Yeah, g'day everyone and welcome to Sports Day on this blustery old day in Adelaide. Ben Hook joining you. Joining me is Richard Douglas. Dougie, good evening. Ben, good to be here. Yeah, beautiful day out there. The Ducks. Um, It was pretty unpleasant, wasn't it? The wind, I got dust in my eye. We're doing some renovations at the back of our house at the moment, so there's just dust and dirt everywhere. And I went from the garage at the back of the house to the door at the side of the house because you can't get in the back of the house. And I spent the next half an hour trying to get dust out of my eyes. So yeah, it's been an unpleasant old day. Hey, what a weekend of sport. AFLW showdown on Friday night. The NRL grand final was on Sunday. The 36ers beat the Phoenix wow. Suns over in the US. That is a story. We'll get to that. The Australia Cup final, of course. Uh, MacArthur beats Sydney United. Singapore F1, uh, rainy conditions. Sergio Perez gets up. Uh, a fifth for Daniel Ricciardo, which was uh, great to see as he sort of bows out of, um, or certainly McLaren and possibly the F1 scene altogether. But I want to know what your favourite moment, favourite sporting moment from the long weekend was, Richard Douglas. Oh, for me, I'm not a massive basketball fan, but to see the Sixers go up against an NBA side in the Suns uh, and come up trumps was just incredible, really. When you compare the pair... And you talk about salary caps, $2 million for the Sixers, roughly, and then about $200 million for the Phoenix Suns. This is incredible. But mm. um, the way they just thought they attacked them, they shot the lights after yeah, the three-point line was just a very exciting game of basketball. And if they can carry some of that form into the, the season here, gee, they're going to be exciting to watch for all the Sixers fans here in Adelaide. So that was a, a real buzz for me just watching that. Two points. I wonder where it ranks with other amazing sporting achievements from South Australian teams over the last decade. I mean, we've won three AFLW titles in a in an emerging competition. We've won one BBL title, which is a condensed version of, uh, of cricket. Um, we haven't won a lot of other titles in mainstream sport at national level in the last, you know, 10 years or so. Um, so I'm just wondering where that ranks. At, at one of our teams beating a US team like that, I think it's quite significant. It's one of the best results we've had oh, yeah, on the international from a sport stage. Yeah, we talk, yeah, talk a lot about local, but um, real David versus Goliath story. It's really phenomenal, really. And the, the respect that the commentators over there had for the Sixers and um, – Almost a bit of shock and disbelief, but just, just to show what we can do here in Australia, and particularly in Adelaide, with our basketball on the world stage, gee, that's exciting. Have to call out the Premier, who uh, decided that he would 
tweet about uh, the Adelaide 36ers like he was a life member. <laughs> I think we do need to recall that before the election, he was refusing to fork out for what he was calling a basketball stadium. Suddenly, he's uh, you, you know absolutely on board. Wasn't quite as bad as Jay Weatherall after the Adelaide Crows AFLW team won the first ever title up there in Brisbane. Now, he hates the Crows, Jay mm. Weatherall, but there he was in his Crows scarf jumping in uh, in the premiership photo. Give me a spell. He looked a little bit creepy there, Jay. I'm not going to put Peter Malinowskis, <laughs> our premier, in quite the same boat, but my goodness, I reckon he probably could have taken a little bit of a sideline there, having popped basketball so significantly for uh, his own political purposes uh, in the last uh, six months or so. But great result for Adelaide United. A couple of massive stories uh, have come out in the last 24 hours. Firstly, very quickly, Essendon, their CEO, Andrew Thorborn, has resigned today over the fact that he's involved in a church that's deeply, deeply conservative and has some slightly unusual views. Fascinating story. Fascinating. Fascinating first that the board thought he was an appropriate choice uh, for that football club, given how much uh, pressure and turmoil they've had. Surely they would have had some insight into his background and knew this was going to be a massive issue with their supporter base. It's turned out that they feel it's just not going to work out and he's... uh, he stepped down within a day, so um, the mess just keeps rolling on there at the Bombers. It's interesting, though. I'll just put this one to you, Dougie. I'm interested in your thoughts. I don't know where I land on this, but Andrew Thorborn has to stand down because he's involved with the church with views that aren't consistent with the league. But Hanin Zrika last year refused to play for GWS because she didn't want to. she's Muslim and she didn't want to wear the Pride Guernsey, um, and the Pride Guernsey, so it was against her own... Um, beliefs of what the club should be doing. Um, are, are they similar? Uh, well, where do we start with all this? It's uh, He's in a senior role of a footy club. He's a CEO. He can influence a lot of people. Uh, he can change the direction of a football club. So uh, that's that's slightly uh, – it would be concerning for a lot of people at the footy club. The player, uh, not so much. You know, that's a personal opinion. He's entitled to his opinions completely. Don't get me wrong. Um, but if he's – shaping the direction of that football club. You yep. wonder how much of a personal, um, you know, his preference and his ideas on things is going to be influenced upon the football club. So for me, um, probably a good decision in the end. Douglas one hook nil. I think you answered that one pretty well. We've got a hot topic and it's thanks to Char Time, the home of freshly brewed tea. Thirst tea at Char Time. Explore a ready-made signature drink range inspired by Char Time fan faves. Richard Douglas in the last 24 hours, it emerged that uh, Jason Horn Francis would like to be traded to the Port Adelaide Football Club. Do you want to see JHF at the power next year? Bombshell, isn't it, really? Mm. For a first-year player to decide he wants out. Um, yes, I do. I think it'd be fantastic for the state. I think he'll bring a lot of interest and attention to Port Adelaide. Uh, that is exactly the type of player they need. Uh, however... Question marks are certainly there about his character. Uh, given certainly a tough year at North Melbourne, lost their coach, uh, a lot of issues off field. Still don't know who's going to be coaching them in 2023. So he's probably entitled to, you know, feel that he wants out. Uh, however, only one year in. You'd really like him to see at least his two-year contract out. Um, and then if he wants to, you know, explore his options, that's completely up to you. I've heard from a few people inside the, the North Melbourne Football Club that um, they've tried really hard to improve his uh, behaviour, mm-hmm. uh, but he hasn't wanted to buy in at all. So I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know him personally. Played against him a little bit in the sample last year. 
fantastic player, but he's got a lot of maturing and, and growing up to do. You've spent a lot of time in football clubs, and if you want to have a chat to Richard Douglas about this, it's eight double two three double O double O or text in O four three seven six nine three zero six zero. You've been involved in football clubs, a lot of people, 46, 50 players. Not everyone fits in. You've been in senior leadership roles, Adelaide and at the Norwood Football Club. What are some of the things you have to do to bring these people along, or is it just better off to cut them and move on? No, I think you've got to really tear down the walls and understand the person, understand the individual. What makes him tick? I don't think, looking at North Melbourne too, and this is no fault of his, but they don't have great leadership at that football club. We've spoken about at a board level, coaching level, but also as a playing level. You know, he needs strong leadership around him at the moment. I think he can get that at Port Adelaide. Look at Ollie Wines, Tom Jonas, Travis Boak. They're not going to put up with any rubbish from mm. Jason Horn Francis, are they? And, and Ken Hinckley for that matter. So uh, it might be a good move for him as well. He needs some strong direction. Obviously he can play football, but um, if they can get him across and work with him and understand who he is and what makes him tick, um, it's a scary uh, proposition. You should trade up to continental tyres this trade period as we talk about the potential of Jason Horn Francis being traded from North Melbourne back to Port Adelaide. Hey, just one that stood out for me this week. In the Sunday Mail, there was a massive read on Kyle Chalmers and he talked about how deeply upset he was over the coverage uh, surrounding uh, the relationship that he had with Emma McKeon. She moved on to Cody Simpson and he was played as being the the uh, the the the, the jilted lover, if you like. I'm, I was really interested in the way that was reported, not just on, in the Sunday Mail on the weekend. Paul Ashenden wrote the story, but also over the course of uh, the last four or five months. Um, I mean, I reckon the media gets bagged all the time for damaging mental health issues around athletes. I think that's legitimate. I think it's a fair cop. Some stuff that goes on is beyond what's reasonable. And Cole's life was picked apart, and some of it was pretty nasty. But can I just call out the media managers at Swimming Australia who created this wound and encouraged it to fester and become infected? It was no secret that the Emma McKeon relationship with Cody Simpson was always going to be awkward around the pool deck. It doesn't matter how adult everyone was, the third party did not need it rubbed in their face. And some bright spark at Swimming Australia decides it's a great idea to lean into that relationship. They're a double page spread in the paper. They're on their Channel News Spotlight, Channel 7 Spotlight Special. I mean, that was in July, and we had headlines around this in May. So I think, yeah, absolutely kick the media for the way they treated him. But the media managers have got to be better than that. You've got to understand what the repercussions are going to be and start to work out, well, where can we nose these stories in a better light? So I just want to call out the fact that this is not solely on the media that these things get wrong. Swimming Australia should have managed that a heck of a lot better. But the question has to be asked, is that a deliberate ploy from Swimming Australia going into the Commonwealth Games to build up some real interest and some attention on the swimming team? Is that is that a fair question or is that um, just a they were clearly managed? I accept they were going for all-out attention. I understand that, and that's clearly the best story. But it was also going to be the most damaging story for Cole Chalmers, and I reckon they got it wrong, and I reckon if they had their time over again, they'd have another thing Not about it. Not looking after the welfare of their... There. We have to take a break. We've got so much to come. Our trade wrap very shortly. A little later on in the show, we'll be catching up with Holly Evans and also Sarah Allen will join us from the AFLW team who are absolutely flying at the moment. We'll talk about their big win over Port Adelaide on Saturday night. It's Friday night, I beg your pardon. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it, kia.com.au. You're listening to Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia.
Welcome back to Sports Day with Ben Hook and Richard Douglas. It's time for our AFL Trade Radio update. It's thanks to Continental Tyres. They're engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. We bring in our erstwhile producer, Sam Fantasia, who is the expert on what is going on with trading. Day one today, essentially. Uh, What happened? Uh, Well... Thank you for that build-up. That's lovely. David Woody doesn't pump me up like that. That's uh, that's why we got you in, Hooky. If, if there's one thing I can do for you, it's just uh, pump up your Continental tyres, my man. <laughs> Very good. Nice little uh, sponsor plug in there as well. Probably the one that we're most interested in over here in South Australia. Melbourne's traded its round two selection, which is pick 33, pick 43, and its round three selection, pick 53, for pick 27 to Port Adelaide. Okay. So that so, could obviously be used in a few different ways with Willie Rioli and Jason Horn Francis being linked to Port Adelaide and the Demons being linked to Brody Grundy. Right. Well, there you are. So what, basically what's happened there is um, Port Adelaide have picked up three lower picks and given up one Correct. better one. Yep. That's that's really – so they're just going to use those picks and potentially the points. I mean, exactly. that's, that's kind of how it rolls. Uh what has happened with GWS and Ivan Soldo today? So they've spruced their interest in Ivan Soldo as part of potentially the Jacob Hopper deal. They've basically said the draft picks that Richmond have aren't enough and players could be involved. Here's a list of footy boss Jason McCartney from the Giants on Soldo. Yeah, it's been talked about a little bit about Ivan. Like Ivan, we've um, there's, there's something there that we'll, we'll do some follow-up there. There's no doubt about that. We need to do some follow-up on uh, a number of options just so you're ready to go. You certainly don't want to be, uh, if you're going to facilitate a deal um, on a contracted player, you don't want to be uh, scrambling at the last you know, couple of days. So there's a lot of work going in there. So, yeah, he'll be one. We'll, um, we'll have a conversation and do some work on. You've got to make sure your medicals and everything checks out before you push the button on any uh, player transaction. What about Fremantle and North Melbourne? Because a fair bit has happened there today. Freo's been very, very, very busy today. Uh, first of all, we'll just chat about Blake Akers. He's left to Carlton for a future third-round selection. Then Freo have traded Griffin, Logue, Darcy, Targa, that, Tucker. They're set to join North Melbourne for a number of picks. I think one of those third-rounders that they got back from Carlton could be involved in that. And then the priority selections that North Melbourne got from the AFL being used to bring those across. Uh, Logue was uncontracted with Darcy Tucker having a few years to run on his deal Uh, as well. Liam Jones heading back to the Western Bulldogs, joining the likes of Gary Ablett, Chris Tarrant as being two club, two one club players, I suppose, or twice at the same club. Just before you go on, I just want to ask you, Richard Douglas, Liam Jones has had what a good full season out of AFL. Now two 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 years, years, one year, two years, two years, isn't it? Can, can you come back successfully from two years out of the competition? Uh, yes, you can. Uh, I would have thought he kept himself in pretty good condition, still been playing football, I believe. Uh, so he won't be, uh, he'll be right to go. He was a pretty good defender, wasn't he, for Carlton? He was in the All-Australian squad, I believe. Um, 29, I think he may be. So, uh, he will be fine. Um, Tip and Woody, McDonald, Tip and Woody, I hear is looking Link to, to free as well. mm. come back as well. He, I'm not so sure. He's had the 12 months off, um, but didn't play football, I believe. So looking to get to Fremantle, which would be interesting. And just very quickly before we've got to move on, but uh, are we comfortable that uh, Carlton will get a, a, a charity selection, in essence, for Liam Jones, who hasn't played for them for two years? I mean, put it this way, Adelaide didn't get a, a, a freebie pick for um, Tyson Stengel. Mm. 
I don't think they will. No, they are. No, they, they, they have. They have. They've got uh, Carlton will receive 49. a round three selection in the well, 2022 NAB AFL draft for Liam Jones signing with the Bulldogs. Wow, I mean, nice. he's gone for whatever reason. I mean, yes, I know it was a bit of an unusual circumstance surrounding the COVID vaccination, but he's delisted, he's delisted. You get, surely you get nothing for him. I, I'm stunned by that. Yeah, I've, I think if you're Carlton, you're probably thinking, well, we've lost this bloke because of an AFL-enforced mandate. So and now he's going to join another club. They'd probably be playing the unfair card sort of thing. But you're right, it does open up a bit of a can of worms. Uh, and the last one, Dan McStay signed with Collingwood as an unrestricted free agent. The Lions get a round two selection back, pick 35. So that'll help them with picking up Will Ashcroft. They'll probably need to trade a pick to get Jack Gunston just so that doesn't impede on their free agency compensation there. Handy player, I reckon Dan McStay will be useful for Collingwood who are already in the top four. Trade your way with CMC Markets. Visit cmcmarkets.com. Wonderful job, Sam Fantasia. You were absolutely excellent. And don't let David Wildey talk you down. We're going to play some true or false. Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. Thanking Australia for making Polaris Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand 21 years in a row. True or false, Richard Douglas. Jason Horn francis will be held to his contract and play for North Melbourne in 2023. So essentially the question is, um, Port Adelaide aren't going to be able to come up with a deal for him. Uh, no, I think that's false. I think it will get done. He doesn't want to be at North Melbourne. I believe they're trying to build a culture that they want players to be there. Uh, the waters are a bit murky with Clarko not there at the moment. Um, I think if Clarko was there, he would stay. But I think he will find his way to Port Adelaide, which will be huge. Yeah, that will be amazing. It'll be a, 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 an absolute coup if Port Adelaide can pull it off. Your turn. Okay, for you, uh, a bit of cricket. Cameron Green needs to play for Australia for us to win the World Cup. Yeah, he's not even in the squad at the moment, which is stunning. He was wonderful in India. I just don't understand how... Australia can run with what they've been running with at the top of the order. They absolutely need Cameron Green. He bowled three overs for 14 in the game he played as well. So he is going to get it done with bat and with ball. And I just reckon at that level of cricket, you need your absolute best. They've got to work out a way of getting him into mm. the squad. This is a really interesting one because Kane Corns, I know, barks on about this. True or false, seven years is too long of a deal for Harry Mackay. True. Yeah, I'm more about the five. I think five years is probably... Uh... Enough, I think. Uh, exceptional player, but you're only one serious injury, aren't you, away from, uh, you know, that really being uh, hampered that seven years. So I think five. Fair enough. Hey, just one more very quickly for you uh, because would have your career's pretty much coincided. Ben Hart will be a great appointment as an assistant coach at GWS. True. Young team, uh, fantastic knowledge of football, really good communicator, uh, and uh, relates to young guys really well. So he will be an exceptional uh, appointment for the Giants. Can I give you one, Ben? If racism is bad in AFL, it's worse in soccer. Yeah, so um, I don't know if it's worse, but I tell you what, they're neck and neck, and they are in um, some pretty serious trouble, both of them at the moment. We understand everything that's been going on in the AFL, and the AFL are trying to investigate it. There were some just disgraceful scenes uh, Mm. in Sydney on Saturday night for the Australia Cup. It's a wonderful event. Uh, So it's NPL clubs basically in a knockout competition with the A-League. Sydney United, formerly known as Sydney Croatia, took on MacArthur. MacArthur's an A-League club. They won it 2-0. Incredible that Sydney United made Mm. it that far. A wonderful achievement. And I actually love the cultural influences of our European soccer clubs. But there is an element of supporter uh, at Sydney United that 
harks back to some real fascist issues from around the Second World War. There were some disgraceful things going on on Saturday night. Uh, They were booing the welcome to country. Uh, It was just outrageous. And there was a number of people found uh, in the crowd giving the um, Sig Hale, the the, the right arm up in the air with the palm open. Um, Some pretty ordinary stuff. They were singing a song that harks back to that era as well. AFL has its problems. Soccer has its problems as well. Society has its problems, Dougie, uh, and that is something that we probably just not need to start accepting a little bit more of. Hey, we need to take a break because we've got so much coming up. We're going to be catching up with Sarah Allen from uh, the Adelaide Crows, the AFLW team that is flying, and we'll also chat to Holly Evans as well. She's the captain of the Adelaide Fire team. They're taking on Tasmania this Saturday night. So don't go away. Plenty more to come. You're listening to Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Luno Luno SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Welcome back to Sports Day with Ben Hook and Richard Douglas. We're doing it thanks to Weeks, the Weeks open line. Discover exceptional customer service. Weeks homes, discover different. It's 8223 0000. If you want to have a conversation with Dougie or text us through on 0437 693 060. Time to turn our attention to AFLW and Sarah Allen will be our guest from the Adelaide Football Club. My word, they were fantastic on Friday night against uh, Port Adelaide at Adelaide Oval, the inaugural AFLW showdown. We'll speak to Sarah, thanks to Tire Power. They're Australia's biggest independent tyre retailer. Their buying power pulls the power in your lane. Sarah Allen, well, I'll tell you what, she's the ultimate behind-the-ball player and leader of the most miserly defence in the AFLW, and I reckon, Dougie, she's got the best top knot in the game as well. Sarah Allen, welcome to Sports Day. Thanks for having me. What, what a performance from your crew. I mean, and it hasn't just been the last weekend, but it's been the last three weeks. The defence in particular, Sarah, you must be really proud of what everyone's doing. Yeah, obviously um, we went there to get the win and that's what we got, but I think we just keep improving as a group, um, which is what we um, obviously go out there to do and um, putting us in good prep for our um, next lot of games. We obviously need to keep getting better as well. I just felt to me like there was a determination to meet the challenge that you were obviously going to get from Port Adelaide, absorb their initial blows, but then there was a real determination just to put the newcomer back in their place. Yeah, they um, came at us, um, which we expected in the first quarter, and it was, um, yeah, quite the contest. Um, and then their tackling pressure was up there. Um, then we could, yeah, really push through and use our fitness that we've built um, over the last few years and, um, yeah, really put... Um, keep going, and, um, yeah, it was a great result in the end for us. Yeah, well done, Sarah. Fantastic start to the year, 5-1. and one. You'd certainly take that after round one. What has been – what's impressed you out of the first six games? Um, you know, what what have you tried to change? What's Doc tried to change from last season into this season? And, well, I guess what, is, what has impressed you as a leader of the, the footy club? Yeah, obviously, like, we just want to keep um, bringing the pressure because that's really what we pride ourselves on. But I think definitely finishing off for goals – um, was a big thing from last year. Um, obviously, we were yeah, pretty good at generating some score, but last year sometimes we probably just didn't make the most of our opportunities, um, and luckily it didn't affect us too much. Um, but obviously, in AFW as well, percentage is really important um, with obviously not playing everyone um, and making the most of every game. So I think just finishing off our opportunities that we create um, within the team is what I've been really impressed with. Yeah, and... You know, Aaron obviously stepping, jump, going to the dark side, and a few others. Who who's really impressed you with the leadership side of things? Obviously, you got yourself, Chelsea, and Ebony, probably the more senior statesmen. Who's really stepped up to fill the void in that in that leadership aspect? 
Yeah, obviously we've um, yeah also got like Eloise Jones and um, Stevie Lee and those types of players. But I think something that um, obviously we're very lucky with at the Crows is um, our depth. And that's not just with talent. I think it's with leadership as well. And like everyone sort of plays their role um, and really steps up um, during games. But obviously like Chelsea Bedell in defence um, has taken her game to an, uh, another level um, this year, which has been really impressive, um, which has also, yeah, been um, very great for our defence. Um, and then uh, there's always players all around the ground I could um, go on for days. But, yeah, just from me personally, probably, yeah, defence, I've been working obviously closely with Chelsea Bedell, which she's been awesome. Um, and our forwards just taking their games to another level. Obviously with um, Chelsea and um, Anne Hatchard, um, you know, going a bit more forward and finishing off there has been awesome to see as well. Sarah, a couple of your former teammates in the opposition. How did that relationship play out on field over the course of the evening? Yeah, it was interesting. Um, different experience that we haven't really had. We haven't had too many players um, leave us uh, before. So a bit of different experience, um, obviously, to line up um, alongside Aaron as well. Um, you know, um, is really great to play on, you know, some of the best players in the league. So um, that's really great to continue to develop um, a lot of, you know, players like that. So, um, yeah, obviously a bit of, yeah, uh, rivalry and that type of thing. But, um, yeah, happy to get the win. Um, on those guys as well. Sarah, a lot of people maybe confuse uh, yourself and Nadge Allen, who wears number eight and isn't related to you. But, of course, your sister Jess plays for GWS. Both of you wear number 39. Tell us the story of why. Yeah, um, so we wear the number 39 because my um, dad, Keith Allen, played um, at, for Central Districts in the Sample. Um, and so he wore the number 39 there and a bit of a, you know, thank you for all the hard work. <laughs> Um, he put in, um, he drove, we're from the country, so he drove countless hours as well as my mum, but um, especially dad, yeah, drove countless hours to get us to play footy in Adelaide. Um, it's an eight-hour round trip, so we used to do that most weekends. So um, just a bit of a thank you. Um, when I started playing at the Crows, started wearing that number, um, and then obviously it was taken when Jess played here first, but then when she went to GWS, it was available, so she got on that bandwagon too. <laughs> Uh, beautiful touch, beautiful touch. Interested in, obviously, a good start, as I mentioned, 5-1. What's the goal now for the rest of the season? Obviously, you'd be aiming for the top four, but are you trying to continue to add dimensions to your game, improving, or are you sort of happy with where you're at at the moment? Obviously, yeah, just always want to keep improving. Um, that's something as well, like um, Doc really prides himself on, is pushing us um, and the rest of the coaching staff on always getting better um, and never getting complacent. Um, and especially it's going to help you later down the track in those um, end lot of games. But also if we are fortunate enough to make finals again, um, yeah, just to continue to learn um, and really develop because, yeah, later on in the season, that's when we're going to need it. Sarah, we've seen a number of lopsided matches uh, in this edition of AFLW, a huge expansion over the course of the last three or four months. What do you think the AFLW should do about it? Do, do we just allow it to take its time and organically the competition will even itself out? Or do you think that the clubs that are, let's say the have-not clubs, perhaps need a little bit more assistance in the short term, maybe heading into next year's season? Yeah, I'm not too sure. Um, obviously, it was, uh, you know, with now having all um, 18 teams in the comp, it was, it was going to be, yeah, Interesting to see how the season sort of unfolded. Um, obviously, it's exciting for AFW and, um, you know, just all those girls that have more opportunities, especially, obviously, Port coming in who are our rivals. But for more SA talent to get opportunities um, is really exciting. So, obviously, from that perspective, 
Um, the more opportunities AFLW can give girls coming through in footy, the better. Um, and obviously, yeah, it just needs time to develop. Um, you know, we've got girls who have been playing um, footy for their whole life and other girls who aren't, and that's going to continue to develop. And you're going to see girls coming through um, who have played football from, um, you know, Oz kick all the way and they can continue their pathway. And that's really what um, the progression is going to, you're going to see over the next few years. Um, and obviously um, those new teams as well didn't really get a full preseason either. Um, so they'll get another good preseason on their belt heading into next season as well, which we were fortunate that we sort of could just use it as a top up. Um, and that type of thing. So, um, yeah, it'll be great to see when those teams can get a, um, you know, decent uh, pre-season in too. That's a really good point, Sarah. Hey, one of the, I guess, the the assets of, of these lopsided games is the fact that you have now gone nine straight quarters without conceding a goal, you and your uh, defensive outfit. It's a remarkable statistic. I'm sure you've been aware of it. You're going into the game against Fremantle this weekend. Is that something that you girls are actively trying to see? How many more can we keep the sequence up? We don't really get, we don't really get told anything like that. So, um, yeah, that was a surprise to me when I heard that. In, um, I had a press conference this morning and that was in there. So that's the first time I'd actually um, heard of that one. Um, so obviously we just continue to focus on the basics. Like we don't really focus on the end results. And that's, I think that's why we continue to, you know, strive to be better because it's just about the process and the basics and that gets the end result. Um, and it also isn't just about our defense contributing to that, um, as well. It's the, our mid, um, and our forward pressure up the ground that really helps our defense out. Interested Sarah into your mindset as a team leading into the showdown. Did Doc, uh, treat it as a normal game or did he build it up? Did he talk about the history of the showdowns with the men? How did he go about it and how did you girls approach the, the week? Yeah, obviously it was awesome, like, you know, to um, reflect back on sort of um, all the showdowns that have been in the men's um, competition, obviously being a spectator um, at those, and it's a really exciting um, time for everyone involved, um, you know, in South Australia. Um, but then I think with AFW, um, Doc sort of obviously he was more interested in, you know, really expressing, you know, our history that we've created in AFW and really, you know, wanting to create our own history as well um, and seeing where that takes us. So, But also um, he wanted us to just, you know, focus on the game as well, um, but really celebrate the moment um, and the occasion. Fremantle this weekend, Sarah, another team that has done it tough so far in 2022, is it another game that you really want to stamp your authority or do you start to maybe just experiment and try a few things at this point of the season? No, I think in in AFLW, you sort of, um, especially with the amount of games you play, you sort of can't get too complacent. And like, especially with teams um, who have been struck by injury and that type of thing, um, you know, it takes a bit of time for them um, as well. So I think we always take every team um, obviously you want to respect your opponent and that's what we do every week and being, um, you know, how we've gone in AFLW, a lot of teams, you know, really um, want to play their best games against the best and um, so we always um, never underestimate our opponents and really respect them and we'll go into this game like we do every other game. Oh, Sarah, you say all the right things. You've been so impressive, you and the team, uh, in the first uh, six weeks of the season. Looking forward to seeing the way you perform once again against Fremantle. Congratulations on everything you've achieved so far. Sarah Allen, thanks for your time on Sports Day. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate it. Sarah Allen there, our guest from the Adelaide Football Club. She has been an absolute rock of Gibraltar in defence. Lumo Energy SA, 100% Australian owned, with energy plans and great local rewards made for South Australia. 
off to a break. We're going to be catching up with Holly Evans, the former hockey roo, on the other side of the break. She's going to tell us everything about the Adelaide Fire, who opened up season 2022 against the Perth Thundersticks over there in Perth uh, just last weekend. It's Ben Hook and Richard Douglas. You're listening to Sports Day. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Final term here on Sports Day, the week's open line is 8223000, discover exceptional customer service, week's homes, discover different. Well, time to turn our attention to the Hockey One competition, Dougie, which is a relatively new competition, started in 2019, fell flat in its face for two years Mm. because of COVID, back in action this year. The Adelaide Fire, who we are really proud of. They're just such a a wonderful organisation down there at Hockey SA, doing a wonderful job. They went to Perth, one of the toughest road trips in any sport, let alone um, hockey, of course. They took on the Thundersticks. It was the men who went down 5-2, the women who went down 3-1. But the acting captain on the night for the women is Holly Evans, and she's been good enough to join us now. Holly, welcome to Sports Day. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, a tough trip. Let's start with uh, the flight out. I think you had to be at the airport at half past four, Holly. That's uh, n- very unpleasant hours. Look, it was unpleasant. Uh, I know it can't be helped. Uh, the you know the flight situation with COVID and everything. It's like it's just what it has to be. Uh, but needless to say, we got to bed pretty early uh, prior to that flight. I mean, what time is that in in Perth? Four fifteen in Perth. That's about uh, yeah two o'clock in the morning or something oh. like that, isn't it? So that would have been uh, <laughs> nasty. Real nasty. <laughs> yeah, it was. There was a few coffees ingested and a good like midday nap. Must have been great to be back playing at that level after what's essentially been three years off. Yeah, the, it's it's funny because it's. I was thinking about this today. It's not just the level; like the level was so enjoyable, but it was actually being in that touring environment again mm. um, that I loved, like being amongst the group, you know, giggling, laughing. Um, but then, like, turning your attention, getting really competitive um, and, like, kind of banding together as a group, um, that was also really enjoyable. Hey, Holly, let's just talk about the two results. Firstly, uh, the men, 5-2 down. They were right in it right up until three-quarter time. I will ask you about the double goal issue shortly, uh, but just take us through the two results. The men going down 5-2, the women going down 3-1, three, three, probably not indicative of how close those matches were. No, I thought the men played incredibly well. They've um, they've got a group full of experience but, um, from a state level, but not so much a national level. Um, but they've spent a lot of time building a culture within the group and a real resolve to battle their way through games against players like Alan Zalewski, who's you know a two hundred cap in itself. Um, and they just defended resolutely. That I think there were fourteen defensive penalty corners and I think mm. Perth only scored two uh, so you know Glenn Tamlin saving I think three or four on the line and wow. um, Christian Starkey who's an import from WA he was he was incredible so you know the boys played so well and the girls uh, the girls we we're a different kettle of fish so the boys um, while they don't have the national uh, caps to their name so much they got to prepare all together the girls, we, uh, we've we got a lot of experienced national players. We've got Jane Claxton, who's got 200 games, Hattie Shand, who's an up-and-comer. Uh, we've got a couple of imports from New Zealand and America who have also been capped. But we haven't prepared um, or had as much connection because uh, the Hockey Roo girls are in Perth. The imports came in probably about two weeks ago. So uh, we we knew it would be hard um, to connect so quickly. Um 
we were really good in the first quarter and the fourth quarter, but we sort of lost our way in the second and the third. And I think it was just that lack of connection um, that sort of got us in the end. But um, we just see our stocks rising sort of game to game as we build more connection and uh, learn how to problem solve and use everyone's strengths and harness them. Uh, So, yeah, not the result we wanted, but I think everyone can see the positives. Um, and we're sort of looking forward to our next game. Oh, you spoke about connection there and obviously missing uh, playing the last two or three years. What have you done through the off-season as a group to try and fast-track that connectivity to, you know, build that culture, that that cohesion amongst each other? What have you really done to try and fast-track to hold you in good stead this year? Well, like, it's uh, it's probably twofold. So the group that has been training at home, we've, um, we've had a squad of 30, I think, for the last three months. So there's been a lot of talk and connection in that group. So training really, really hard at home. Um, and then we've been lucky enough to have Bianca Greenshields come back into the program, who's an ex-hockey roo, uh, has taken some time off. Um, she's come in almost as our cultural coach. Um, and so... She sort of weaved in um, these ideals around what do you need from a fire to burn? You need oxygen, you need fuel, um, and you need heat. And so we've we've kind of worked together with our whole cohort, uh, you know, using Zoom and um, little mini presentations to build this culture. So I think we've got a really good understanding of what each other can bring to the team. But I think what we want to see now is how that happens in a physical sense on the pitch. We're talking to Holly Evans, a former hockey roo. We're doing it thanks to KO. Don't miss all of your team's matches on the 2020 World Cup on KO Sports. Don't risk missing it, I beg your pardon. Watch the 2020 Cricket World Cup on KO Sports. You can see the Adelaide Fire on KO Sports as well. Holly, we were just talking, uh, Dougie and I beforehand, about the double goal rule that's come into Hockey 1. So essentially, if you score a goal in field play, you get a one-on-one with the goalkeeper to try and score another one. Dougie and I not convinced on it. What do you think? Uh, look, I know the traditionalists aren't sold on it, but I love it. I think the um, the hockey's become a bit stale and boring because players can drag flick, you know, 150 k's an hour into the top goal. Uh, and so every short corner is then just drag flick, drag flick, drag flick. And it's great if you've got a great drag flicker. Um, but I don't think it's very spectator friendly. Uh, I think it's a bit boring. So for me, I love it. Um, it's a massive challenge too. So like, just say you're a player, you've just scored a goal, you've run, you know, 50 meter hard sprint, you've celebrated, the adrenaline's going to then have to stop, calm your system down to do a 1v1. Like, I think that's a really interesting aspect. Um, and goalies then to be able to go, shit, I've just been scored against. I need to turn that off and focus on what's happening now. Like, I think it's just, it's, I think it's super enjoyable and fun. Suddenly, yeah, goalkeepers become worth their weight in gold. Let's talk about uh, this yep. weekend. You've got uh, the Tassie Tigers, and Tasmania is actually a very proud little hockey outpost. So it'll be another big challenge for both the men and the women on Friday night. Yeah, they um, they actually were the underdogs against uh, Brisbane Blaze, who I think won the competition last uh, tournament, and they uh, won in a shootout. Uh, in oh, sorry, down in Tassie, so. Uh, it's given us a very, very big reality check that these guys are going to be a really strong force. Um, and we know that, you know, losing two on the run is really going to harm us. So we've got to make sure we don't leave any stone unturned and make sure when we're there, we're ready to battle, which I think we will be. 
Um, but yeah, it's just like it's game on now. You're handing the uh, captaincy badge over to Sarah Harrison, I believe. I I hope so. Um, <laughs> we, you know, she's um, such a big cultural aspect of our group. Awesome, also an awesome player in herself. She uh, strong and can attack down the flanks, but I think uh, she brings something else to the group. Um, so I can't wait to have her back. Holly, we can't wait to be there on Friday night for the big game when you take on the Tassie Tigers. It's the Adelaide Fire. It's at Mate Stadium out there at Jeps Cross. If you want to see absolutely elite-level hockey, get out there on Friday night and support both our women and our men. Holly Evans, thanks for your time on Sports Day. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, she's a star, I reckon, Holly Evans. Uh, hockey Roo, I mean, she actually got really unlucky because her Hockey Roo's career sort of finished, started and finished in between Olympics, so she was really unlucky to miss an Olympics. But she is a, a true star of the game. She's a three-time best and fairest here she in swayed, South Australia as well. She me with the uh, double crack at it. You're over. I, I was, yeah, I'm over. I, uh, I think it's great for the game. Anything well, that's exciting, I'm all for. Well, we'll be on the show on Friday night. We'll have to uh, rush out. Uh, no, Saturday night, I reckon. I, I think I might have said Friday night, but I think they're, the, they're actually Saturday night. I beg your pardon. October the 8th. So if you get there on Friday night, it's going to be a bit of a disaster. You're going to miss everything. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. We're uh, all done for the evening, my man. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre for expert car service. Book online at repcoservice.com. That wraps us up. It's been Ben Hook and Richard Douglas on Sports Day. Look forward to seeing you all tomorrow. Sports Day for Kia, the Kia Sportage, Drive Car of the Year, and Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.